Welcome to another episode of Sage Cigarettes Presents Ghosts in the Magazine. I am Editor-in-Chief, Def Nunez. And I'm Elle. This week, this is our third week in our 31 Days of Horror Challenge. And this week's theme was, This Shit is All Cursed, which is basically just cursed toys. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't know what it is about cursed toys that I love so much, and yet it still takes a lot out of me, especially to watch so many. So um, how about we start with ranking them? My ranking starts with dolls, followed by The Doll, and then Child's Play, Puppet Master 3, Doll Man vs. the Cursed Toys, Heidi, and Trilogy of Terror. That's nothing like my list. So, you know... If you've been listening since the first week, we were pretty much the same on the first week, even though, I mean, there were only four movies, and it's gone a little far apart since then, but when I went into watching these movies, I had seen most of them already, so they have, like, a nostalgia thing for me, and also, this is one of my very favorite subgenres. So, my list is, best is Dolls, second is Puppet Master, then... Heidi, Child's Play, The Doll, Trilogy of Terror, and then very last is Doll Man versus Demonic Toys. So since <laughs> we're going by my list, Doll Man versus Demonic Toys. I know you don't like this one. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so the thing I liked about this movie is how bad the dialogue was. It was so bad. It was unbelievably bad. There's a lady cop who comes in and tries to fight these demonic toys. And she shoots a gun at this ugly-ass baby doll. Baby doll says back to her, It takes magic to fight magic, bitch! And then... Like uh, that. (laughs) It's so bad. And there's the clown that just laughs. And it has a Glenn laugh. So there... Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's it's awful. Um, In the beginning, when there's that drunk Santa Claus guy that comes in, who ends up bleeding copious amounts of electrified blood to, like, start the whole thing off, he breaks into this toy factory and gives this amazing line, Hope you don't mind sharing your home with me for the night, and if you do, fuck you! So that's the the level of dialogue we have going on through this movie. (laughs) Just so bad. (laughs) I've never seen demonic toys. So I assumed I was missing something with, like, the origin. Like, how do they become animated? It it didn't make sense to me. Like, electrified blood? Like, what? What does that do for toys? Like, and you hit your head and that much blood comes out. It was a lot of fucking blood. Like, (laughs) he literally just fell over. It's not like someone cracked his skull open, Mm -hmm. hung him upside down. Like, he just fell. That was stupid to me, but I googled, like, a synopsis of demonic toys, and apparently there's really not much information there. Like, <laughs> there's there's not much origin, but I hated it so much. I especially hated that baby doll's name is um, Baby Oopsie Daisy, and he was gross, and his voice was gross, And there's something so, like, grotesque about a baby doll trying to forcefully impregnate a woman to bring the devil into the earth. Like, that's the most horrific thing I've ever heard. (laughs) It's bad. 
And the voice I heard that they changed the voice just for this movie, which seems very weird. Um, but I think that made it even creepier. And like the, he says slut a lot. Yep. <laughs> like a lot. But um, I think that the worst part for me, honestly, no, that's pretty bad. I can't say the worst part. Um, the most irritating part is is um Dollman. His name is Brick Bardot. And he's terrible. Like, he's very monotone. Apparently, he's an alien cop who finds his way to Earth. I didn't watch Dollman either, because what the heck. Finds his way to Earth, where we're just much bigger than their people. So, then there was Nurse Ginger, who got shrunk in um, another movie. And she just decided, because Dollman's her size... That that's her boyfriend now and she's jealous over him. Which was crazy. So most of the movie was flashbacks to these three movies. All Man, Demonic Toys, and what is the other one? Bad Channels. Bad Channels. And that took up most of the movie and I thought it was all so stupid. Mm-hmm. So you can talk about how much you look, Greg. <laughs> okay, so he had great lines. Okay, so Nurse Ginger was... On her kitchen counter, spooked by a spider, when all of a sudden, Brick Bardo shows up and shoots the spider that's coming over the clock at her menacingly. And then he says, exterminators here. Don't worry, you're not dreaming. And then, and then she's like, I'm gonna fuck this grandpa. This grandpa Literally, is so hot. <laughs> he's like, he's 12 inches high and 100 years old. There's no <laughs> way that hot ass nurse Ginger will lower her standards. If I was her, I would be hoping one of his friends or something come down from space and that can be my foot tall husband. Oh fuck it, just get a mini vibrator. <laughs> just get a big one. Like get a regular size one. It might kill you, but you'll go out and <laughs> I just can't. It's not oh, believable. No. Like it's it's not believable that Brick Bardo pulls bitches. It's not. <laughs> He's even wearing grandpa jeans when he shows up too. Like, like literally. Oh my gosh! Like I can't. <laughs> I can't. Like I would never watch Dollman because he's the main guy. He's monotone, so the way that he delivers these lines is sad. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. The only good thing that I found was my husband. I'm going to stop referring to him as husband. His name's Gabe, so we're just going to call him Gabe. But he actually sat and watched this movie, and he didn't like it very much either. But he was the first one to point out the similarities with Child's Play. Because in the original Child's Play, cop Chris Sarandon, I couldn't tell you what his name is in the movie, even though I've seen it a million times. He follows Charles E. Ray into the toy factory. And in this movie, the hot lady cop, she goes into the warehouse. She's chasing the toys or whatever. And then it's something supernatural that turns um, Charles E. Ray into Chucky. And then it's supernaturally charged blood that turns these um, toys into whatever they are. So that was a thing. But then when I looked it up, I found out that Child's Play and Dolls fired this guy to make demonic toys. He used to work for the production company that made Dolls. And then they also make Puppet Master. So he just kind of like ripped off his own movie to make this other movie, which isn't very good. Um, And then Full Moon Features also, they also do Doll Man and Bad Channels. 
it kind of felt like he was trying to make his own like fanfic. What if we put all these things together and make a smash hit? But I mean, if you make a movie that's all flashbacks of other movies, I don't think that that's a good way to get people to watch those movies because I'm not going to watch them. The last notes that I have, first of all, okay, I'm, I I didn't put this in, but I want to just throw this out here, Steph. Uh, oh. You know that scene where it's back on Brick Bardo's home planet or whatever? Yes, with the mechanical floating head thing. That should have been Nick Cage. That head should have been <laughs> Nick Cage. <laughs> I like that I knew exactly where you were going with the floating <laughs> <Yeah>. head. <laughs> the, they missed an opportunity there. The movie could have been saved. I mean, and they... Seriously, because there would have been so many memes that came out of that. Yes. I do want to mention, are you a Chiodos fan, Steph? Um, I used to be, but not like a heavy Chiodos fan. You're aware of Gregory Owens, though. Yeah, Gregory. (laughs) (laughs) So he has a rap project, though. It's called Bad Channels with an X in between bad and channels. And I have to say he probably named it after this movie because the Chiodos brothers that they named that band after made Killer Clowns from Outer Space and other corny-ass movies. And I think he put the X between Bad and Channels to let us know he's still emo, even though he's rapping. Almost drowned in my Arizona tea. <laughs> when I heard that the name of the movie was Bad Channels, I lost my shit laughing even worse than I was already laughing. So this is hysterical? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> You know what? More power to him because <laughs> sometimes people are, are afraid to like admit the bad shit that they're into, but obviously he freaking owned it. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. This brought me a lot of joy. It's bad, <laughs> but I am a fucking possum. I love trash. So oh my this God. is fun for me. I'm really happy that you enjoyed it because I hated it so much. And when I was booping around the internet, like, trying to figure out what this movie's deal was, I saw that, you know, the ratings are negative, but there They're are negative. also hardcore fan people who mm-hmm. love Brick Bardot, and they love them some Baby Oopsie Daisy, and I'm not one of those oh. people. Okay, yeah. but if, if you like Baby Oopsie Daisy, I don't want to know you. I'm no. sorry. Now, if you like Brick Bardot, I want to know why. <laughs> I would love to know why. So if you hear this and you love either of those things, you can add us. So our next movie is Trilogy of Terror. And I hated this movie. So I'm going to cover the first two because I found no redeeming quality really in any of it. And Steph liked the third one. So um, I'm going to start with the first one was just gross man gaze that turned into a perv that turned into a rapist. Uh, but it's all the woman's fault because she's a murdering witch, apparently, or something. Like, that's the way that the the storyline played out. And fuck dragging my dear friends, the Harkers, into it. Um, yeah, I hated it. So what are your thoughts on that one, Steph? I also didn't like it, but this was my first time realizing that he um, put the room under Jonathan Harker. So I immediately, after seeing it, like messaged you. And I was like, please let me know when you get to this because I'm bugging out. Um, (laughs) oh that was about yes i'm just not into it and i can't figure out like um you know if he was always had those tendencies or if she made him that way i don't like the the blurry line there i think Mm -hmm. it's all pretty gross because she's kind of a Mm -hmm. mind rapist Mm -hmm. so no thanks yeah like none of it's good it's all trash Mm -hmm. 
erase it from my brain. And the next one's not much better because instead of like gross rapes shit, we have gross mental illness shit where there's a lady who I picked it up almost immediately by the second scene of this, I guess it's like a skit or a short or whatever. By the second scene of it, I was like, this lady has multiple personalities. That's what's spooky in this. And it's not spooky. And pretty much what happens is this lady uh, thinks, <laughs> thinks she's also her sister who is like this huge slut and like does all these things that she does not approve of because she is a high standing moral woman. And she uh, complains about her sister and calls her doctor to complain about her sister and then decides she's going to kill her sister with voodoo because her sister is also a Satanist who likes scary books like voodoo and demonology. And then she kills herself. And this doctor guy knows about it the whole time and just lets her do it because he's a good mental health professional. So what was your take on that? Fucking sad. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I you know, I first watched this when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. that was just really scary to me but you know I didn't have the awareness yeah to do as an adult um so it was hard to watch and I honestly I didn't watch most of it I kept leaving the room because like <laughs> it was Don't making me really uncomfortable so I would just like walk out of the room and kind of like peek back in to see if it was over <laughs> that's good I just got <laughs> mad I sat there and got mad so yeah yeah, it was really bad. And then also, like, the voodoo shit, I thought that that was really stupid. Yep. Because being a Satanist does not equate you with witchcraft right. whatsoever. <laughs> right. Um, and then how all, she was, like, gathering fingernails and shit to kill her. And I, I was over it. <laughs> like, this is just... Don't do that. What you're talking about there, though, is exactly why I have problems with, like, a lot of movies that bring any kind of witchcraft in. Because they treat witchcraft like a monolith. And it's just, like, all a big, scary, foreign, it's the other. It's the devil. It's bad. All of it's bad. And that's, ugh, it's so gross. I hate everything about it. That is, like, a big thing with Christians. And I'm allowed to talk Mm -hmm. about it because um, I'm a former Christian. Like, hardcore, grew up in the church, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. worship team youth leader everything I hosted church service like Mm -hmm. up until like just a couple of years ago and um I stopped going to church I stopped doing all of those things and that was when my spiritual journey started but Christian guilt is heavy it's a thing that they press on people all the time um with Things as simple as burning incense in your home. Like, they're very quick to label things of the devil. You're not doing the right thing. You're welcoming bad spirits into your home. Like, you're going to be damned if you do this, do that. It's fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like you should just stay away from this stuff in movies unless you're going to, like, explore a specific spiritual branch and you're going to be honest about it like you did your homework you consulted people who are familiar yeah it's just it's just bad for me it's just bad i love horror movies but that's the number one thing that will make me nope out of a horror movie is shoddy treatment of witchcraft witchcraft is a huge umbrella but other religions in general ugh, it's so yikes yeah i could really leave the first two stories out completely um And the whole, like, trilogy is, like, an hour and 11 minutes or something like that. And I really wish that they would have just cut those and, like, expanded on Amelia, which is the third story. And the reason why I like this so much is because 
you know, I was a tough kid. And my first horror movie was Spawn, and I used to pop that in the VCR, like, whenever. So not a lot of stuff scared me. Um, You know, I watched X-Files on the regular. Like, every day after school, I had The Charmed, X-Files, Dragon Ball Z, Trifecta. Um, But I do remember vividly flipping through channels and seeing this creepy thing. And I had nightmares (laughs) for so long. And, um... I spent a long time trying to find it because it was like old basic cable. I didn't even have a remote for my TV. I pushed the buttons on it. So I had no idea what it was called. And then when I found it as an adult, I was so hyped. And I just breezed through the first two stories because they didn't matter to me. Um, I think the doll is hilarious. I know he's supposed to be scary, but he's chasing this poor woman through her house and making the most like god-awful noises the entire time. And what I like is that from the moment he's, like, unleashed, he never stops. And she, like, she's like a sheltered woman. Like, you you see her talking on the phone to her mom. And her mom's, like, basically trying to tell her she's not ready for the outside world. And she's trying to miss that date night with her mom for a date night with, like, a man. And she's hysterical with her mother. Like, I got this. I got this adulthood thing. So he's chasing her around the house and she's falling all over herself. And it's just this tiny little thing. And you think if you just grab it, it's not going to be able to do anything to her. But it gets her (laughs) all through the house. And my favorite scenes are like when she traps it into the suitcase and he starts cutting through that shit. And she thinks it's okay to grab the blade to try and stop it from coming through, which is stupid. (laughs) Um, (laughs) like don't do that and I like it because I like to put myself in the situation I'm like what would I freaking do through that I mean I know she was panicking she couldn't get the thing out the window she tried drowning it she trapped it in a towel and tried to drown it but I wouldn't even think that the thing could breathe you know and then um she tries to cook it in the oven (laughs) best part is like that this whole thing originally came from like the the first draft of the twilight zone script for the invaders um which was an episode where this woman was docked in her home by tiny aliens so i think that's a really cool idea because the tone of this movie is really what rod serling was going for so i thought it was interesting that while you know they changed the invaders for um twilight zone that it had like a second chance to be what he really liked in this movie so alrighty, so the next movie is the doll the doll is an indonesian film so there's basically a, a cursed doll in a tree and you would think that people would see that and leave it alone but nope um so the story is about this um, man, Daniel and his woman and, um, you know, they're kind of like, you know, everyday people were broke and he wants better for her. So, um, you know, he mysteriously gets a promotion and they move into a house and they get a car. And like the first thing he has to do on his new job is cut this tree down with a doll in it. And the locals are like, no, thank you. And he's like, no, no, you need to just freaking do it. And then, of course, his life turns to shit after they cut the tree down. Which, I think the story is very good. I think that's interesting. Because it's not just, like, you know, a demon doll. It's, um, 
because demons like or spirits or whatever they can't live inside of an inanimate object you hear this a lot in scary movies um they can manipulate it to make you think that's the case and so the spirit in this case is one of a little girl who was murdered alongside her family in a robbery so most of the movie was pretty scary um i thought the doll was super ugly and she made me uncomfortable so that's great had that going but um I couldn't get super into this movie because there were some rip-off moments from other movies that came before it like in the Conjuring series there's this scene I, for I, it's not a movie that I will watch frequently I've seen it twice um but it scares me so I don't watch it um but there's a scene where one of the kids I think it's one of the daughters is in her room and um you know, the camera pans up. It's like super dark and scary. The camera pans up and there is a lady, I won't say her name, but the spirit that haunts the house, she's on top of the dresser and she jumps down on top of the girl. That's a really scary scene in that movie. And they have a similar scene in this movie where the spirit of the little girl is on top of a dresser and she jumps down and attacks the girl, the lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another scene where... The lady's in a bathtub, and the door is cracked, which I hate cracked doors in scary movies. I hate cracked doors in my house for that reason. So it's like, it's closed or it's open. There's no in-between for me. And the spirit of the little girl sticks her arm through, and she rings a bell. And there's scenes like that in in Annabelle. So, um, and then also they bring in a psychic to figure out, like, what's the deal with the doll? And that psychic was a lot like Lorraine Warren. You know, she had a bad experience with a spirit. I mean, in this case, it was the same spirit. But Lorraine Warren in the Conjuring series, she had a bad experience and it stayed with her. There's this just this one case that really scared her. So it's kind of the same. And then this spirit goes after their children. So it might seem like really interesting and original, but it's kind of not. And anybody who's like a diehard horror fan is going to recognize that stuff really quickly. I just raged. Sorry. You know, those movies weren't my thing, Annabelle and The Conjuring, so I didn't pick up on it. For me, it was too fucking long. They needed to edit it down a little bit. Um, It felt like the story got more convoluted the longer it was, but I did like the lore. The reason the doll was haunted, the way it came back at the end, if it hadn't taken so long to come back around, I would have really liked it. So what happened was that not only did the guy cut down the tree, but apparently he was the robber who had shot the kid and her family. And that's why the spirit was hell-bent on revenge. There was no way around it. So pretty much what had happened is he had done all of those evil, awful things because he was concerned with suffering the poverty that he had grown up with as a child that he felt had broke his family up. And he was completely set on having a family with his wife and having everything go smoothly and doing everything he could. It's sad. It's so sad. You see his nightmares throughout the movie, the nightmares he has of his childhood with his parents fighting and just like living in really bad conditions. And you can see the motivation. The characters in this pretty well-rounded. Overall, I thought it was a good movie. It just went on way too long. I think they really should have cut it down and, like, Mm -hmm. 
got to the action, figure out the problem, solve the problem. What did the scene in the beginning do? Remember the one where the kid pees on the tree and then the doll comes? Like, what did that establish? Yo, um, I'm not 100% sure, and I really think that they could have cut that out because mm-hmm. I thought that they were going to circle back to that. Yeah. It didn't do anything, I don't think. There were two investigators on that one that they were asking for help. I can't recall what they look like by the end of the movie. I can't but either. Was it her and her husband? And did her husband die on that case? That's my question. I don't know. It was never explained. I By the time we got to the end of the movie and found out that she lost her husband, I couldn't even remember the people from the beginning of the movie. So. Gosh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. And I think I'm actually going to go back just to see the beginning so that I can see if that was that lady. Because uh, that would make sense. Yeah. But I really wish they would have like, I don't know, explained that more or just got rid of it because they could have easily mm-hmm. told this you know, um, added in the bit about her husband dying on the case without showing any of it. Like, we didn't need to see it. I mean, I enjoyed the movie for the most part. I thought it was a little extreme that, you know, he took it to the lengths that he did, like that he did that robbery. Because she is not, she's clearly supportive. And she was clearly happy in their situation. And um, I do think it's sad, like, his, he, he clearly didn't get any help because he also, like, saw his dad's dead body after he killed himself, which is tr- traumatic for a kid. But I did think that that was crazy because, like, you feel bad for him. But then at the same time, he ruined this little girl's life and her afterlife because it's his fault that she turned into this um, vengeful spirit. Which is really freaking sad because children are innocent and they should just pass on like quietly and into wherever you go when you die um, and be able to at least rest on that end. The other thing that took me out were like the possession bits. Like, first of all, I liked how when they showed the little girl's spirit, her eyes were glowing. I thought that was neat. Mm -hmm. But when she possessed these people, it was basically toned down um og evil dead makeup like it was like bad halloween makeup oh i hated when um i hated when the neighbor was possessed though and she no that was not Mm -mm. that was really freaking sad i hated when anya was um possessed because i just thought it was so dumb and then it Mm -hmm. came after the bats and the bats that was the part when Mm -hmm. i was done with the movie (laughs) and (laughs) Because before that, I was, like, clutching my iPad to my face and, like, scared. And then the bats, I was over it. My turning point, too. I started yelling, scree, scree. (laughs) (laughs) And the bats were obviously CGI, and they weren't very good. At all. And that was the worst part. Yeah, it's, like, I think that there were a lot of compelling parts about, like, the way that the story was written. But just the way that the movie was set, the acting was decent i think that it was the way that the movie was laid out that it just needed to be edited it needed to be cleaned up a bit i mean and i didn't catch those things you caught so they probably could have lost those and gone a different route because there's plenty of scary shit that could happen the next movie is child's play and this is not your mama's child's play it's the new child's play for 2019 so i saw this movie first in the theater and um Child's Play is my jam. 
Um, I love Chucky. It's like my favorite franchise next to Scream. And I'm talking all-time favorite franchise. Um, so Scream and Child's Play are hand-in-hand. Hand. Every October, I watch both movies, um, the first movies. And Child's Play, for me, I love all the movies in the franchise, even the newer ones that people are kind of eh about. So, and Brad Dourif, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He does um, the voice of Chucky, and it's so iconic, like that Chucky laugh when he's chopping heads and things. It's something that horror fans really enjoy. When they announced this movie, this remake, I wasn't sure if they could pull it off. This was all before they announced the voice. And then when it ended up being Mark Hamill's voice, I was like, "Mm, maybe I need to hear it. And then I heard him do the iconic Chucky laugh. And I was like, okay, I can give this a fair shot. And I remember liking it when I saw it for the first time in the theater. And I haven't seen it since. So rewatching this, I feel like this is good as like a one shot. I don't know if they're planning on making more movies, but I did hear that they were going to make a series based off of this. We'll just call it a reboot. And I don't like that because (laughs) I feel like it doesn't have enough juice to keep going. You know what I mean? So I thought it was a smart move to bring Chucky into the modern world. But the way that they brought him here was really strange to me. Um, So, like, you know, technology has come a long way since the first Child's Play movie came out. So they gave new Chucky all kinds of new toys. He's basically a souped-up Alexa, like, with legs. And he can connect to all your shit, like, all of it. Not even just, like, the TV, the phone, not just the regular things. It can order your Kaslin car for you, which I guess is, like, Uber. And all those things are really cool. But the guy in the beginning who they had working on this specific Chucky doll, this guy just came in, this guy in charge just came in and shit all over him. So I don't think that that's a smart move to do that to the guy who has access to all your safety protocols for a big toy that you're launching because he just went in and like shut it all down i feel like that would have been enough right there if he walked out and he was like all right let's see what this toy does to your name um but the guy killed himself so that was like an extra so it was like spiritual plus ai and i I just feel like that's overkill and it's kind of stupid. I feel like you should just stick to the AI aspect because he could have easily just tapped into the internet because, you know, all his safety and parental control shit was turned off. He could have just tapped into the internet and downloaded. I feel like this is an episode of Black Mirror. Like, right, yeah. I wrote that down <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> I feel like there was an episode like that, like mm-hmm. the smart house thing or whatever. Okay. So that wasn't a dream. Um, So he could have easily done that. I mean, and he did a little bit of that by copying the horror movie. Like, he was about to stab all those kids because he, like, glitched or whatever. So I just feel like they could have just stuck with that thing. I mean, it did allow him to do more damage. But it also enabled the the least enjoyable murders. Like, justified murder was uh, not using anything smart. And I think he also murders a cat, which pissed me off. Yeah, that was bad. And that was with just a knife or something. So it was like the only time he, well, in the end, 
But the time that he used it to go after an individual person was with one of those Kaslan cars, and I fucking hated that whole scene. I wish they would have just not. I don't see what it added to it. Necessary, because she, I mean, she was literally just being a sweet old lady. Mm Mm-hmm. He was jealous, but how is he jealous of some old lady that the kid sees, like, once a week going to a dinner? Like, you'd think that he would have tried to kill the mom sooner (laughs) if he's so jealous. Right. Or the kids, like his friends. Right. The kid that had to dry heave into a goddamn wastebasket for fucking 30 minutes while I was sick watching this movie, trying really hard not to throw up. I was going to say, wouldn't you be? Because imagine. Oh, I would have, but it was a very difficult scene for me to watch because I was in the middle of a flare and I was very sick. Oh, no. (laughs) Probably not the best filming choice. Yeah, I think that the my favorite part of the whole thing, it's just a stupid little thing where he in the beginning he's like, What is my name? And the kid says Han Solo, which was a dig like, at Mark no. Hamill. <laughs> I love that so much. That was like one of the good things. Yeah. It was okay. Um, you know, it was good for a one shot, like it's Halloween special. Like, let's let's reboot Chucky. It wasn't like a big move, I feel. Um, and then they did some, like, really weird shit, um, in the end, trapping everybody in the store that the mom worked at. Um, also, before I get into that, I do like Andy's mom's character. I like that, um, in addition to making Chucky more modern, they made her, like, a young single mom. Um, I hated that she ended up with that guy because he's a piece of shit who's married. Um... So, you know, justifiably murdered because he was a trash character. And he was mean to Andy for no reason. Like, why be mean to a little boy, first of all, but also a little boy who doesn't... Whatever happened with his dad. Also a sad little boy with no friends who has a Mm -hmm. hearing aid. Like, Mm -hmm. what is your problem? He's just the worst. (sighs) But um, as with Mrs. Barclay, Andy's mom is a strong, independent woman. She doesn't need a man. And, you know, she ends up kicking ass in the end. Um, and I did like the little girl Fallon. I thought that she was a great character. She was so spunky. Um, Andy needs friends like that, obviously. Um, and I hated that they had Jack Black in there as like creepy voyeur handyman. Like why him? I remember you telling me when I got to that scene, cause I didn't even realize it was Jack Black. He looks like, um, a basement dweller. Like, Because he is. Yeah. He looks like a creepy weirdo. Um, And he also gets murdered, which rightfully so. So there are some, you know, good murders. But (laughs) he never thought I would say that. Uh, But then there are some, you know, choices where you're like, why? Like, with the cat, unnecessary. With the old lady, unnecessary. But I did think that the end was very interesting um, because Chucky taps into all the toys and he goes bananas. Like, I don't know if they were like toy helicopters or if they were drones, but he puts razor blades on those. And then the worst is those creepy little bears. Buddies are the, the new version of good guy dolls. So they're like the buddy version of a teddy bear and their eyes glow. (laughs) They're disgusting. (laughs) Fucking sleep paralysis demons. That's what those things are. I don't like those things. Can you imagine one of those shits like pops out from the foot of your bed? 
Fuck like, no. Kill it with fire. <laughs> Burn the whole house down at that point. <laughs> yep, the house is yours. Here are the keys. Goodbye. So yeah, like it was good for like if this was a Halloween special for Child's Play, but Mark Hamill, I think, did a fantastic job. Like, especially when he was singing that "You Are My Buddy." Song. Yeah, that was creepy. <laughs> it was creepy as fuck. Like, don't sing to me. <laughs> like, if any of my future children's toys sing like that, they're going in the freaking um, garbage disposal, and that's it. I don't care how much I spend on it. So for me, like, like it's a no for me. Um, but yeah, and I probably won't really watch this movie again but it wasn't bad you know it's just that for me original Chucky lives in my heart I mean like he had a wife and kids okay he went through a serious journey and you can't just you can't just bring in this new guy and uh think you're gonna raise Charles one of the last notes that I have the heinous stepdad gets murdered and the Chucky doll pulls his skin off of his face like he sees in whatever the kids were watching and he puts it on a watermelon because he murdered him in a watermelon patch. And he gives this to the kid as a trophy to say, hey, I killed this guy that was fucking with you. And the kid wraps it up to try to get it out of his room in wrapping paper for some reason. And then ends up getting caught and he tells his mom that it's a present for his neighbor. And so he somehow talks his way into the neighbor putting it on the shelf until his birthday. And so that thing sits there for like a few days at least, if not longer... And then he goes over and has dinner with them. And her son, the cop, is sitting there just, like, touching this thing and patting it. How does that not smell to high hell? It's rotting skin. And this cop, who is trained to deal with murders and shit, is just touching this thing. And I'm guessing it's, like, wafting corpse smell out. And he's just, you know, having a normal one. Corpse smell. I can't. (laughs) There's no way. There's no way. It's not believable because he had to, like... Pin the skin to the watermelon. Yes? Mm. I'm getting a little queasy thinking about it. But if you pin something to a watermelon, the watermelon is going to have a hole in it. So on top of the freaking face skin dripping shit, the watermelon is going to drip shit. And it's going to drip right through your wrapping paper. All of it's going to mingle together and it's going to be like sweet corpse juice. It's not good. All right. So the next movie is Heidi. And Heidi was a little difficult for me. It wasn't one that I particularly liked. Um, It is about a couple of kids who like to film everyone and everything and be really annoying about it and just put their camera in everyone's face. Starts out with, I don't know what's going on here moment when the sister who is watching her brother be an asshole to like her whole family and she doesn't even seem to particularly like her brother. They seem to have like a normal antagonistic relationship. But she thinks it's a good idea to get this kid to go birdwatch for this poor little lady down the road and that she had birdwatched for before. But I just, I don't understand what she was thinking when she was like, yeah, this kid has the responsibility necessary to do this job. But anyway, he did it and he took his dumb friend with him and they found a cursed soul in the attic. And then weird shit started happening. So why don't you take it from there, Seth? So I freaking love Heidi. You know, okay, I do know why I really enjoyed this movie. Um, <laughs> because I love found footage because it just feels so real for me. And this mixes two of my favorite things. Cursed dolls and found footage. 
And this movie just feels so genuine. It's literally something regular teenagers would, would do. Like, his parents are divorced. His parents are trying to, like, one-up each other with gifts. So, like, the mom buys him an iPhone, and then the dad gives him his super expensive camera. So, what are you going to do when you get a camera? You're going to freaking use it. So, him and his, I don't remember his friend's name, dumb kid, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, start recording everything. Um, they like to do pranks for their web series called Booyah, which, like, when the fuck was this movie made? That Booyah is a thing that people say. This was a 2014, <laughs> apparently. I feel like they like, dated this movie. <laughs> so, but I mean, it feels like their interactions are really genuine. Like stupid teenage boys just bullshitting. Um, so it's just so unexpected when Heidi comes into the picture. As far as the sister, I feel like maybe it was an easy job for her and she was trying to push him into a more responsible thing, like to get him to grow up a little bit, which obviously, big mistake. Like, let your kid brother grow up on his own, otherwise you're going to end up like these people. So yeah, I thought that was good. And then... It also seems like when Heidi is unearthed that she too likes to play pranks, although hers are kind of really bad. My other big question with this is what are the rules with the doll? Because I didn't see the little brother touch it and he died. You know, we didn't see the old lady touch it. Obviously, the dog and the bird didn't touch it. So how does it know who to kill? I don't know. Because at first I thought it just killed the whole family. And I mean, the mom's missing, so I guess she could be dead. But what about the sister? Oh, no, she died. Um, Okay. Yeah, they definitely mentioned that. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was at the, it was in the end. They definitely mentioned it. But you have to like be like pretty caught up in the scene to hear it, I think. Yeah, I was kind of zoned out. (laughs) I don't blame you. I've seen this movie before, but it's scared the bejesus out of me the end did the first time I saw it um so I've (laughs) you told me why though so that makes sense yeah so like you know I was just waiting I was really tense and on edge watching this but I just wanted to like really take it in just in case I saw anything that I didn't see before um Mm -hmm. so with as far as the lore goes I think it's just um Whoever gets swept up in her presence, like, if you... But then that makes me think, because there was that scene. This scene really scared me. Like, the scene where this kid is watching the little girl, Tina. I remember Tina's name. And she's got um, she's got the teddy bear, like, the nanny cam teddy bear. And she's riding her tricycle down the stairs. And then all of a sudden, she's crying and trying to get out of the house. And that scared me. So, Bo, I would really like to think that Tina lives. Yeah, me too. They don't say anything about Tina, so I'm just going to pretend that she does because that would make me feel better because the dog didn't make it. First of all, fuck this doll. Fuck Heidi. Because Mm -hmm. Kuja is the most precious dog. And also, they named her Kuja like Kujo, but she's a girl. I loved Kuja. She was my favorite character, honestly. Yes, she was so pretty and sweet and... The way he found her was, like, fucked up. And it's a hard line because, you know, there are people who really don't like to see animals and kids hurt in film. And then there are the people who are like, well, but it's fine if, you know, an adult gets freaking gutted. So 
you know, you can be like, well, it's not real. And they're like, well, neither is the dog or the kid. I've seen this debate so often in the horror community. And I'm still going to yeah. say, don't fuck with kids or animals. This episode is dedicated to Kuja, sweetest it, baby. It's it adds something like significant to it, especially showing the corpse. And like the way it showed the corpse was really weird too. Why would a doll put a piece of paper out and then a garbage bag? It doesn't even make any weird. sense. It's messed up. I really could have done without it. Honestly, I knew as soon as Kuja was shown that they were going to kill that dog. That's just what they do in movies. And it's like, fucking be original, maybe. Be original for once and don't kill the dog. Hey, if you want to be a fucking edgelord, have the dog eat the body at the end. That's creepy. That's scary. That's like your best friend eating your face. And then the dog doesn't die. It's so fucking creepy. I don't know. I don't particularly like it, but I like it better than the dog getting it every single fucking time. Yeah. That's very original. I would watch that alternate ending for sure. Like, Team Kuja. We would make shirts. I like it. I would wear the shit out of that shirt. Me too. I think the end of Heidi is just the best thing ever to me. Because there's just this random scene where the sister asks the brother to record her while she's dancing ballet. And while she's dancing, beautiful dancer, by the way. Um, I had mad Suspiria vibes. Not that she was, like, out of this world, but, like, they were cutting scenes into her dance of all these news clippings. Because to try and get rid of Heidi, this kid and his neighbor, I think her name's Amanda, he, like, duct tapes this thing. He saran wraps her, um, puts her in a suitcase, and locks it up with iron chains. And then they throw her into the deepest part of Lake Mead because nothing they were trying worked. He tried to set her on fire. Didn't work. She's cursed. It didn't work. Kept throwing her away. And then she would turn up in his house. It was crazy. So after they dump her in Lake Mead, all the fish start washing up dead. Like scientists are confused and they're showing these clips. So forgot to mention that his friend dies before this. So his friend and his friend's little brother are murdered. And they went to a psychic to try and figure out what was happening. And she freaking died. And so these clips are happening all and they'll flash back to her dancing, which is wild to me because this is just like a a really nice and also really ordinary occurrence. And then in the middle of all of this, all this chaos shit is happening with Heidi. I really would have loved if they would have expanded on her origin at least Mm -hmm. a little bit. You know, they go through all these books, they look on the internet, and they can't find anything about her. And I feel like that was like a missed opportunity there. But I guess that also makes it scarier. The way she looks at the end, because she's got this kid strapped, like he's tied up in a dark house, and the camera's on. And it's almost like she set this up as the final prank so she could capture his reaction to seeing her and I guess what's her true form was fucked up and I can't even explain it to you what she looks like and it messed me up when I first saw it because it was just not okay like like it's so wrong the way that she looks she's big she's like a big thing possibly less attractive than Brick Bardo's grandpa pants I would rather rub up on that than rub up on her I can't. I would probably watch this movie again. You already watched it twice, so yeah, you probably would. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When we were trying to fill in the blanks for doll movies, 
I couldn't remember the name of this one. And then as soon as it came to me and I was like, this has to go on the list because we need someone else to watch this and talk about it with me. I was so scared. And I'm like not scared of dolls like that anymore, I should say. My grandma has a lot of dolls. They're mostly like, you know, pretty porcelain dolls or whatever. But she had some Cabbage Patch Kids dolls. And um, she's very religious. Her and my grandpa belong to the uh, Spanish Pentecostal Church. And he was a pastor for them um, before he passed away. And he was also an exorcist. So they had to bless the house a lot. I just remember being a kid. And uh, I couldn't tell you the context of this. I just have this image in my mind. We had to keep moving one of the Cabbage Patch dolls because it would end up in the middle of her bed. And... There was an incident where the doll ended up back in the middle of the bed. And also there was a lamp broken and the bed caught on fire. Next movie is Puppet Master 3, Toulon's Revenge, which is great. Well, I thought it was great. (laughs) I really love the original Puppet Master. I haven't seen it in a while, but I thought that the actor looked different. It's because they're two different guys. I thought that the man who played Tulan in this movie was, like, more personable. Like, he was more endearing. And also, it was a prequel. So, maybe over the years, he got a little hard and murderous after, you know, what happened to him. And there are a lot of Puppet Master movies. I haven't seen them all. I don't even know if all of them are worth watching. But this one was. And I remember after watching the first Puppet Master movie, I was really wondering if the puppets were good or evil. And that seems to vary from film to film. And um, I'm not sure why that is. I'm sure they have a really good reason for doing so. But I like this one because it was a prequel. At first, Tuan is trying to get his revenge from the Gestapo murdering his wife, Elsa. Which I didn't realize the Leech Woman doll was his wife. And if they mention that somewhere in the movie, then that's my bad because I missed it. But that was wild. And even though she's super gross, like, respect because that's the man's freaking wife. And I also really like this one because it connects the dolls. They're not just murdering things he made. They used to be humans. So he gave them a second chance at life. So I thought that was nice. So... How he makes the dolls is interesting. He uses this green liquid that revives the soul of the dead person and puts it into the puppet, which catches the eye of the Gestapo in this movie because they are currently looking into finding some way to reanimate corpses and send them out to war. So he crosses paths with the Gestapo, mostly because he was doing anti-Hitler puppet shows. So that Got him yeah. on the radar at first, <laughs> which is good on him. That. Yeah, good <laughs> on him. And then they find out he has this green liquid shit. And of course, because in the beginning, there's this scene where he's talking about how he would die without his wife. You know she's going to die. And so when the Gestapo raid, they kill his wife and get this green liquid. And I'm just saying, trying to use this glowing green liquid to reanimate corpses Sounds like another movie we watched earlier on. (laughs) It's very Herb. Yeah, very Herb. So I'm just wondering how people keep getting a hold of this glowing green liquid. I can't remember for the life of me if Herb made it or if he got it. But I know that Toulon learned it from an old magic man um, in Egypt. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly that it's brain fluid because 
Um, he, not in this movie, but he sends the dolls after people to harvest their brain fluid. Otherwise, they won't be able to live anymore. And I think that's freaking nuts. Because, like, really, <laughs> who was the first person to be like, let me suck some juice out of this dude's brain and use it? Well, I'm pretty sure in Reanimator it was brain fluid, too, because... You remember he was working with a preeminent neuroscientist and they had mapped out the different parts of the brain. The Egyptians were just crazy ahead of the times, okay? And they had this and Toulon learned it from them and he decided to use it and how sweet that he used it for puppet shows and to give his friends second life. Um, But then also they're like murdering people. So that's kind of not cool until they kill Elsa. Then it's cool. And also... Just kidding, it's the Gestapo. So it's fine, but I think I understand that they want to use this fluid to like reanimate corpses so they can use them as human shields. Totally makes sense. But I think it's crazy pants that they're like believing it. They're like, oh, there's this crazy fluid. Okay, cool. Let's get our hands on it. Why wouldn't they be like a little bit more skeptical? You know? Well, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the Third Reich, but I do know that there was an occult element to some of their beliefs, so they may oh. have been susceptible to some of it. So it's not terribly outside the realm of belief, in my opinion, but it is kind of questionable. <laughs> I mean, I get that the guy saw the dolls moving, but it was through a tiny, probably dirty window at nighttime, yeah. And in my mind, I would just be um, afraid first, and then I would try to put it out of my mind, like, no, they're strings. I just can't see them, right? Yeah, yeah. That's freaking wild. A lot of this movie was the Nazis getting bashed, which I'm all for that. I'm cool with all of the puppets murdering various Nazis. But one of the things that was really gross was, for some reason... The writers of this movie thought it was necessary for us to watch this gross-ass old Nazi get bathed by topless girls and then a pretty long sex scene with another girl. Longer than I would have ever been comfortable, like, watching, (laughs) put it that way. And I just didn't see what it added to it. It made it, it made the movie grosser. (laughs) That was it. But the best part of all of that is after that scene, uh, he gets interrupted by the six-armed cowboy character that crawls up the side of the building like spider-man and then comes through and shoots him with six little guns like what a way to go (laughs) (laughs) right oh my gosh what's so crazy to me about that is like they're doing an investigation later at the scene and they find a tiny little bullet that hit the wall so if a bullet hits a wall it's not going to be intact right and Mm -hmm. they just find it and they're like aha it's the puppet they're doing bad things. <laughs> Automatically, would you go to, aha, uh-huh, it's the puppet. That's what I'm saying. These are like grown-ass old men. And <laughs> that's what they come up with. But, you know, whatever. I feel like after watching so many scary movies as I have, I probably would be a little less than rational. Not going to lie. Especially if I had actually seen one, like, running around already. Um, I never want to see anything like that in my life. I'm just putting that mm. out in the universe. No, thank you. So, I love his puppets and for me I don't really care if they're good or evil I really enjoy them especially now that I know their origins I think that they're precious babies who are just a vital piece of who he is that's who he became after Elsa died like 
they were so freaking sweet together. I can't take it. Like they loved each other so much. And this is why I hate romance because I always feel like something bad is going to happen. Oh, that's probably, that's probably bad. So uh, I just really enjoy the franchise. It's my second favorite first toy franchise right underneath Child's Play. And you know, Child's Play is my jam. And then I found out that Dolls was produced by Empire, but the guy in Empire who produced it was the same guy who went on to make Full Moon Features. So it links it back to all the other movies. So even though we didn't plan this, it came out perfectly that they're also like perfectly linked together. And I'm a sucker for stop motion, so. Same. I like the stop motion too. It just takes so much love and like attention and, you know, time. And it matters. It's important. And it's great. It's an art form. So it's really cool. So you agree this week with the Cursed Toys, it's art. Oh, yeah. All of this is art. <laughs> Somebody took the time to write it and script it and put all the effort into it. And the actress, even the guy who plays Brick Bardo, he put his artistic effort into it. It's just sometimes it doesn't connect. That's how art is. Sometimes it connects, sometimes it doesn't. Okay, so now we're on our final movie. In my opinion, the best movie of the week. The best cursed doll movie. So Dolls is about this creepy old house and these creepy old people who have a bunch of creepy dolls in their house and the little girl Judy and her stupid parents get stuck there and that whole thing is a very weird thing. First of all, her parents are unpleasant. So her dad and her stepmother Rosemary and they're just terrible people and they get stuck in a storm and Rosemary is a piece of shit and throws the girl's freaking teddy bear away. So you already know it's going to be a bad time. They sneak into this old couple's house. And I'm not sure what they were thinking. Oh, it's a mansion, so they won't notice if we sneak in through the back or whatever. And so this old couple lets them stay, cooks them soup, and then more people end up there. A character named Ralph, who is my fave, and then these two like rocker chicks that he picks up. So I think besides Judy, Ralph was my favorite character in this whole movie because he's so bashful and he's sweet. And the old couple seemed to take shine to him. Going back to them just barging in, the way that Ralph and the hitchhikers came in was kind of funny to me too. They just opened the kitchen door. No knock. Barged in in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like sitting around eating freaking soup. And then they come yep. in and act like, like, hey, what's up? We come for soup all the time. That was wild. And you can tell they're bad news. And they're trying to like heckle Ralph, which that's sad. Uh, he's like, no, 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 thanks. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't just let strangers into my home, Mm -mm. even if there was a storm. But this is obviously before cell phones and things were different back then. Um, I also wouldn't park it in that house to begin with because it's creepy. I would rather sit outside in the rain. Right. Okay. So when the family breaks down and they see that house, I'm like, really? I would just sit in my fucking car. Even if it was 1987 or whenever this movie was made, I'd just sit in my car. You know, murderers have existed for a long time. And, um, no thanks. I feel safer in my car. So, talking about her freaking parents. And I call them her parents. She has a mom. Like, her mom's not deceased, which would make this ultra sad because she would have nowhere to go. It's gross and sad how openly dad and Rosemary don't want her. They treat her like she's just a pest. It makes me really sad. He refers to her as the kid, which is disgusting. Um, And they also, like, repeatedly try and crush her spirit and her imagination and, like, 
if you weren't in a haunted mansion and she's telling you about elves and things like that, then obviously your first thought is she's just playing, but I mean, you don't have to crush her like that. No. You know? No, in yeah. fact, you should encourage creativity in children. So yeah, they're just garbage people. Also, a stepmom, she's just venomous towards the kid. Mm-hmm. And she looks like fucking Cruella de Vil in the beginning. She's wearing that. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's wearing that scarf. Like her little turban thing. I thought she was bald, to be honest. I was like, well, let me see what's under there. I but she's like- just trying to be like a fancy rich lady because he admits yeah. that he pretty much married her for her money. Mm-hmm. So, Well, she let him. So yep. that's her fucking problem. They're all trash. Yeah, the um, only one, the only adult who's not trash is Ralph. Yeah, and the old people, they don't seem bad. I mean... No, they're turning people into dolls. Kind of yeah, nefarious. But if I saw somebody treat their kids like that, and I could turn someone into a doll, I probably would. I mean, that's fair. I would. But then I would also leave it outside in the dirt. Yep. And hope yep. A, a coyote comes along and scoops him up. Eats it and that's shits it back out. Yeah. I think that's fitting for this dad. So I just really love this movie. So they all stay the night. Like they have rooms set up for them and they put the dad and Rosemary in in a room. They put the two hitchhiker girls in a room and then they lead Ralph and Judy downstairs to their own rooms on a different floor. My question with this is later on, the dad gets all pissed off at Ralph. Like he's trying to perv on a kid, but how is he okay in the beginning with this old guy he's known for five minutes, taking his kid and putting her in a completely separate room on a different floor? It's something that's always bothered me about the movie because if that's my kid, um, sorry, yeah. you can make a pallet on the floor right next to me or we can all squeeze into this tiny bed. You're not going anywhere. The door is getting locked. We're putting a chair in front of the door, maybe even push the dresser in front of the door. I don't know what's going to happen to us in the night, but we're sticking together. Yeah, but you know why they did it? The old man and the old lady had figured out that the parents weren't going to make it through the night probably. <laughs> Well, of course, because they know their dolls well. And the dolls are everywhere. Gabriel's telling Ralph and Judy, like, oh, I made um, all of these dolls. And Ralph's, like, gushing over the craftsmanship. And it's hilarious because I don't actually know if he made any of those dolls or if they're all shitty souls who got stuck in front of the house and wandered in. That part is kind of scary to me. (laughs) Also, How old are these people? How old are the old people? Because they seem like the type of old people who were born old with magic. Like they just sprouted up one day as an old, old couple. Right, yeah. (laughs) So the story really gets kicked off when one of the two punk ladies decides to go and steal some shit. And she gets attacked by the dolls, of course, and gets dragged across the floor. Leaves a huge blood trail, and the little girl comes across it and goes to get Ralph, of course, because, well, she tries her parents first, and they're assholes, and he tries to leave her behind and then allows her to, and I'm like, why? I mean, he probably figured she was going to follow him regardless because she, I mean, she was uh, free-spirited. True. I guess, for me, I would be like, all right, well, then, I guess we're not investigating this. Let's go sit in a room and wait the night out. That's where I would be with that, just personally. Also, I just have to add in, there was a tiger rug. (laughs) I didn't even notice the tiger rug, but you would. (laughs) That whole scene was Mm -hmm. wild. Apparently, the dolls grabbed her by her arms, her legs, and uh, repeatedly smashed her face against the wall. And it's crazy pants because you don't see the dolls at all in this point, but you hear them, like, giggling and shit. 
Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even imagine like what was going on in her mind. But she doesn't die immediately there. Like they like throw her out into the hallway and that's where Judy finds her. And she's like reaching out to Judy for help while her face is like mashed potatoes. Then they just drag her off. They turn her into a doll. But the other thing that I noticed is that there's blood all over Judy's slippers and her dad doesn't notice at all while she's telling him, I saw this girl get dragged off by the elves. He immediately is like, ugh. Gabriel's a sex pervert and locked her in his sex dungeon. He's a frail old man. How do you think that that's a thing? But also, like, look at her. If he just looked at her, he would have seen blood all over his slippers. But Ralph Right? The dad, I just, I'm so tired with the dad. He does get a good scare that I really appreciated. Because he comes in all corny, like, out of the bathroom, trying to hit on his wife. And it's just so cringe. I was just cringing full body the whole time I was listening to this dweeb hit on his wife. And then he rolls her over and she had already gotten it from the dolls. And she's just this lifeless, I don't think she's a corpse, I guess. She might just be in that stage between corpse and doll or whatever. And she just kind of tangles up on him and he gets... Yeah, she gets wrapped (laughs) up in her limbs. Yeah. And when I was watching that, I was like, how is this happening? But I also enjoyed it. I think it's so crazy because he's just thrashing around and she's hooked onto him. Yep. <laughs> That's what he gets because they were he was calling her like mommy and referring to yeah. himself as daddy and considering they're both shit parents. I think that's gross. Anyway, they're just gross. I was going to say it's gross in general, but like extra bad. So, yeah, so everybody who's bad obviously gets killed by these dolls and gets turned into a doll. But it seems like they kind of just go after adults because I mean, we all have our shitty tendencies. Nobody's perfect. And I feel like these dolls kind of pick because there was the one punk rock girl who had like really short hair and she was like not wanting to rob it. And the other girl was like pushing it. She was like, you just sit here and I'll do it. And that girl still ate it. Like she still ended up dying. So my favorite scene is when they're trying to figure out the dolls are trying to figure out if Ralph is an adult or not. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so scary scary because you see the dolls like looking at him and they're the whole movie these dolls eyes are horrifying because they look like real eyeballs glassy red veins everything and they're talking to each other like whispering amongst each other and it's so tense because you're like please don't kill him and then they let him out that was interesting because he did attack them before and so they had mercy yes they did so my heart so, yep, that's probably forever going to be a favorite of mine. Um, would you watch it again? Probably. It wasn't the worst, for sure. And I just I just really love how the parents get theirs, and Judy ends up going to her mom's house and trying to hook Ralph up with her mom. I think that's yeah. Great. I would like to see a sequel where Ralph and Judy's mom are married, and they come back to the house. But Ralph was, like, not having it. Another interesting thing is as she's leaving, you know, her dad gets turned into that punch doll. And she says, I'll see you next summer. Which is funny because he was already talking about earlier on how he's a summer dad. So he's really, you know, not doing much different. He's just not causing the harm anymore. Correct. And broke my heart how sad Judy was when she was like, oh, he's never coming back. Mm-hmm. Even though he was a bad dad to her, you know, she still loved him. Yeah. <laughs> just- That kind of reminded me of the kid in Train to Busan. I mean, the dad wasn't as heinous, but the kid, like, always had a good image of her dad in her head, even if he was a jerk. I would definitely watch that one again. (laughs) Me too. I probably will. Alrighty. Well, any final thoughts on uh, Doll Week? I'm glad it's over. I bet. (laughs) 
it was a lot because we shoved all of this into three days with everything and seven movies and yeah seven movies in three days is a lot for me anyway i'm kind of more of a couple movies a month type of person but we made it it's over it was interesting it was mm -hmm. eventful sometimes hilarious <clears throat> yes <laughs> never, he's never leaving my mind he will always live on in my mind I'm trying to smother him in my mind but uh, what are you going to do I wonder if that actor like goes to conventions I wonder if that actor is still alive because he was like 100 years old in the 80s and it's Tim Thomerson and he's still alive and he's 74 he was in I a lot of movies dude like were they all sci-fi or what yeah it's like Trancers 4 oh my Trancers, Dollman Transfers 5. Uh, he was in Air America, which is a bigger movie. He was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I don't remember. Well, I guess um, that's going to go on the list somewhere because I need to see. Yeah, I, I think that we need to, at some point in the future when we're not so completely stuck on horror, we should just kind of explore this guy's credits and see. <laughs> you can do like a book report on all the movies that he's in and then you can just summarize it for me and i'll use my imagination because it's pretty vivid apparently he's also in demonic toys wait that first yeah it's in his credits i don't know what part he plays in it, it could just be a bit part and upcoming in week four the theme is i don't even know wolves and shit so the movies upcoming in week four are wolf cop bring Bad Moon, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Phantasm, Color Out of Space, and Hellraiser. Pretty hyped for Hellraiser. The week's going to end strong, it sounds like, with the last three, but the other ones are kind of, I don't know. Use It Spring was good, though. I haven't seen that one, so. Good when I watched it. I'm a different woman now, and that could also <laughs> not be the case, but we will see. I have mm. high hopes. So, just a friendly reminder... Sage Cigarettes Magazine's Halloween issue comes out at midnight on Halloween. It's available on sagecigarettes.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at witchxpudding. You can follow me at Nocturnical, which is N-O-C-T-U-R-N-I-C-A-L. Okay, bye. podcast was brought to you by sage cigarettes magazine an inclusive literary arts magazine that you can find on www.sagecigarettes.com issues our halloween issue is said to come out on midnight on halloween the theme music for this podcast was done by nathan francis you can find a link to his soundcloud as well as social media links for the hosts in the show notes happy hunting